my brethren. Help us to receive your word with meekness. And help us not to only hear, but to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Scripture reads, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Hallelujah. This morning as we talk about the love of money, I'm speaking within the context of money or the love of money being a competitor for the love with the love of God. Amen. This year we are saying that we want to love God and to obey His commandments. But our lack of understanding of the subject of money and the way it should be used in our lives as believers, as Christians, as children of God, can derail or affect our love for God. Amen. The scriptures do not teach us that people of God should not be blessed. The subject of money has become so contentious that sometimes preachers are even afraid to talk about it. Because obviously it's been abused. And it's just like politics. Even though the scripture says in Romans 13 that the rulers are for good and not for evil, the way politics is practiced, before we used to say in Africa, but this is, is all over the world America, North Korea, everywhere. The way power is used. The way authority is used, it leads people to say that, no, I don't want to have anything to do. It's dirty. But when we leave the political or the governance, those who believe they are wise or noble, leave it. Then others who may not be noble, who may not be that wise, who may not be that prudent, who may not be that um, God-fearing, if all the God-fearing people say, oh, this thing is dirty, so we can't get involved, then we have a problem. Hallelujah. And it's the same scenario when it comes to money. The church is sharply divided. Because there are many preachers, if you go online today, and you type the word prophecy, you will see a, prophet, a pastor in America. Prophet, I know, his, I know his name. I already mentioned his name now. And his name may pop up. You see an advert. And he's giving people prophecy for money. It's not only in Ghana. It's based in New York. And other places. People are doing it. So, it's becoming difficult for people to navigate their way when it comes to money. But you see, our job as pastors and preachers is to show the way. Hallelujah. God told Nehemiah, uh, uh, Jeremiah, I have made your forehead strong. I have made you to go and to face the people of the land, the princes of the land, their institutions, their, their, their things they do, and confront them. Not as in fighting unnecessarily, but face them with the truth. Hallelujah. So, we pray that God will give us the grace to 
Speak the truth. Because only the truth can bring us the right way. Hallelujah. So, because of the issues relating to abuse, issues relating to the misinterpretation of scripture, a lot of us shy away. Some of you people say, pastors are not supposed to talk about money. It's in the scriptures. Even the New Testament, Paul told Timothy, he said, verse, chapter 6, verse Timothy 6, verse 17. Let's see it quickly. What is the word, the first word? Let us say the first word there. Let's say it again in the way the word is. Command those who are rich. So if you are rich and your pastor commands you, According to God's order. It's not out of the way. He won't tell you how you should invest your money. But there is biblical basis for pastor or pastors to intervene and to guide their flock about the way they use God's resource. So, pastor, we must not shy. We must not be afraid or, 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 or think that is the preserve. Oh, somebody will say, oh, that one is, is... Pastor, preach God's word. Don't talk about my money. If your money is ill-gotten, the pastor has the right to talk about it. If the money is not being used to bless the kingdom and fulfill the divine assignment, God gives the pastor the mandate to speak about it. Amen. If the laborers, the workers, are not fairly treated according to Leviticus 19, talks about it. The pastor, Moses, had the right to tell them, don't, don't weigh on just scales. If you are rich, if you are powerful, don't misjudge the people. Don't abuse people. Because when you are rich, you become powerful. Hallelujah. So there is nothing wrong Fundamentally, if a child of God gets to informed or gets to know and to understand God's way of dealing with money. Hallelujah. And the more we don't engage, the more people do what is wrong. So far as God's word and money and many other things are concerned. So I, I believe that we must all study the word of God properly. The word didn't say that Money is the root of all evil. He said the love of money. So we have to warn the brethren, don't love money. Love God more than money. Amen. In other words, it's an issue of, of preference. It's a priority issue. Make God more important than your, the way you make money. Don't worship money. Don't spend all your time and your energy looking for money and, and finding ways to increase. But use more money, more time for God and for His work and for His commitment than looking, looking for money. Hallelujah. In 3 John verse 2, which is often quoted by many of us, neo-Pentecostals, charismatic people, the scripture says that, Beloved, John the Beloved said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. And we leave out the last part which says, even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. So the condition for that expectation is for the soul to prosper. But we have a situation which we are confronted with. Where people's souls are not prospering. Because they don't study the word of God. They don't hear the word of God. They don't have fellowship. They don't pray. They don't, they don't love the things of God. They don't do ministry. They don't serve in the house of God. But they, 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 they want to prosper. And they have to prosper by any means. That's not what the scripture said. He said, I even ask your soul is the condition that I want you to prosper. Jesus made a similar statement in Matthew in 6.33 when he says that, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all others will be added. Hallelujah. So yes, God is not against the others being added. God is not saying that we should not increase. Because in any case, the first commandment that God gave to mankind after creation 
in, Mark, in, in Genesis 1, verse 26, 27, 28, after he made man in his own image, he said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, take authority over the produce of the earth. So there is fundamentally nothing wrong if a man, God's grace, provides for you and for me to be able to be uh, empowered he says in, in, in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, he says, you should honor the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to make rich, to be powerful, to be wealthy. So, if you don't honor God, the wealth is meaningless. Hallelujah. So, what then is prosperity? I keep hearing, in fact, this week I had somebody ask many times, I think I was in a meeting, Morgan was there, the issue came up. Every time people ask, what, 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 is, what, what is the effect of when we talk about ethical behavior, good behavior, behaving well, and what, how does it resonate with, 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 with a doctrine of prosperity or making money or doing well? I see that a lot of people Simplify prosperity to just money. But I don't have time to go into the dynamics of the root. Prosperity is more than money. Amen. To prosper means to do well. To do well means to be established. Now, when you say somebody is doing well, first and foremost, we need to know who is the examiner. Hallelujah. If you are writing University of Ghana exam, YA cannot be your examiner. Amen? West Africa Exams Council cannot be your examiner because University of Ghana has its examining board. Or Pastor Koku, not so. You used to fear Infojo. Your time was not Infojo or Dodo. Infojo. Everybody feared Infojo because he was the man behind the exam at the University of Ghana for many years. And people were scared. Fujo is coming. We used to fear Rekub Robe. Who determines whether a person has good well-being or not? That is critical. What determines if you have a good well-being? We have an expression... This man is bankrupt of ideas. It means that riches can be measured by the ideas you have. In the first republic, the second republic of Ghana, in parliament, in a debate, a famous parliamentarian made a statement to his friend on the opposite side of the aisle. And he said, my colleague on the other side has a diarrhea of words and a constipation of facts. <laughs> Do you hear me? Diarrhea of words. He's just talking. But he, he, the facts are not coming out. They are, they are stuck in his stomach. So, it is possible that the measurement, the way you are measuring somebody's well-being, many of us measure according to houses people are built, cars they have, and all of that. You know, they're, they're one of the richest men that ever lived on earth, the man who started Tata Industry in India, he never lived in a house. All through his life, he lived, when he became rich, he lived in a one-bedroom apartment in the center part of the city. Hardly drove cars. But he was the wealthiest person in India at a point in time. I don't think, I believe he probably is a Hindu. I don't think he's a Christian. He was a Christian. So, measuring wealth or success by the quantity or the numbers, the digits, the notes in somebody's account is, is not worth it. 
Before yesterday, I was with a friend and he, he had pictures of the old Zimbabwean dollars when they were having inflation. I was shocked. I've never seen 50 billion notes. I saw a 50 billion note. I have it on my phone. 20 billion note, dollar note. B, 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 B. Not me. No, billion. That was the time that under Mugabe, you go to the shop. By the time you turn around, the price has changed twice or thrice. So they had to cut, print money. That was so, you know, huge. Then they had to come back like we did um, a few years ago and, uh, or, or Staff Mafo or somebody like that. Kufuor, President Kufuor, when uh, Mr. Staff Mafo was Minister of Finance. So really, even that, what I'm pointing out is that even the notes is relative. If you have 10 billion in Ghana, when you get to New York, you are no, you are no, no entity. <laughs> Hallelujah. So stop posting yourself around. Wealth is relative. Even when it comes to physical wealth. Somebody likes to invest in cars. Buy one car for $300,000. For you, you should buy a house. So you, you are measuring riches by the number of houses a person has. But that guy, that guy believes in cars. These days they say they, say they, have, they call something Bitcoin. You are in Ghana. You haven't heard about it. You don't, you don't know some of the richest young guys who have come to town are Bitcoin owners. Speculative money. So even the physical wealth is subjective. That's what I'm saying. The intangible wealth, wisdom is intangible. Favor is intangible. Knowledge is intangible. And Health, bodily health. Pomuzin. Pomuzin, as the Francis would say. Well-being in your health. There are many rich people who cannot walk because they physically don't have well-being. Or they cannot sleep because somehow they are haunted. They are no, you can't say they are prospering more than somebody who has a cottage in my village. And in the forest there, he sleeps soundly. Amen. When the wise man said, wisdom is better than silver and gold. So how do you measure wealth? Who decides that this person is wealthy? We have allowed the Western capitalist system to determine these things. And we are all running. Pastors, churches, all. And judging people according to what we see in their bank balances. What we see in their account books. What we see in their good so-called residential areas. So if I have 10 apartments at Cantonment and 10 at Roman Ridge and 5 over there, then I'm wealthy, I'm, 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 I'm prospered. And irrespective of where it came from, fair or foul means. Who measures? What is the measurement of success or prosperity? When you look at the life of Solomon, you see in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20 to 34. I will not read it now. God said he will bless Solomon. We see Solomon, he had rest on all sides. He had rest. He had relative peace. He had wisdom. And many other things. He had favor with his neighbors. You may not be physically rich in terms of having houses and cars and all of that, but some of us are endowed with favor. Everybody say favor. Favor. 
Things that people will spend 10000 to do because of favor is given to you gratis. Nobody measures it. Favor. I remember years ago, I went, I was in the States and uh, I was in Boston somewhere. I wanted to cross over to do something. At that time, I think I launched some of my books. I wanted to go to New, uh, Washington, D.C. and return the same day or the next day. And you know, in America and all over the world now, when you are buying tickets, the closer it is to the time, the more expensive it is. And I remember the ticket was going to cost about $2,000. And somehow I just called one of my friends I didn't met for a very long time. I didn't even tell them the problem. I didn't even tell him that I wanted money. But before I could say, Jack, this guy, not knowing that time, the airlines used to give their tickets, friends and family free tickets. So I just called him. He said, oh, I'm working at American Airlines. Oh, you want to go to D.C.? Don't worry. That's a minute. Within less than an hour or so, I was on the flight to D.C. That's favor. That's favor. I didn't have the money in my pocket. Doors open for all of us. That comes because of favor. So somebody can be there and the value of his favor is higher than somebody's whole house he or she has. Say amen. The scripture talks about a good name. I'm going to come to that shortly. So, there are many things that goes into God's prosperity. So when Paul says to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23, I he says that, I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. The God of peace bless you. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless the coming of our Lord. Go to King James. Says God of peace, sanctify holy. And pray God, whose spirit, and soul, be preserved blameless. In other words, be established without blame, without fault. Be perfect in the spirit, in the soul, in the mind, in the emotions, and in the body. Some seem to be prospering in the spirit, but it's not manifest in the soul. Some seem to be prospering themselves in the, in, in the soul, and not in the body, nor in the spirit. But they, they all have to go together. Hallelujah. Now, why do people of God need to prosper? Why do we need wealth in the church? We are not against wealth in the church. Let's get it. Otherwise, we can't build such a place. Otherwise, the cars out there will be walking barefooted. Yesterday, I was in a croupon and I saw a, a, a picture, an interesting picture. Of some seminary students in the 18th, 19th century. There. They were all wearing suits up and down. But nobody was wearing sandals or shoes. Nice picture. I have it on my phone. <laughs> At Pastor, in Pastor Joe's school uh, library. Uh, archives. I went there to the archives. I was, I was shocked. You see them the same. Striped suit, shirt. A, a coat and then down. But no slippers. No, nothing. And they were very, they looked like serious missionaries being trained, pastors. Hallelujah. They were happy with their little. Amen. So, the church needs money for the work of the ministry. Say amen. And if we are all poor, we can't send out missionaries. The European missionaries who came, it was because people had legacies. Many rich people who died, they signed their wills and said, we are giving this to the church. When you see a, a, a company like Dunwell Insurance, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a distant Methodist, so I know a bit of the Methodism, the things happened there. A man died, and his property, the, among the properties they used initially, was a man, a Ghanaian, 
He's not a European. He died. He said, I'm giving this property to the Methodist church. And the church took it. That was like the seed money that they used. And today we have done well insurance. And many other properties. Many people have died and said, I bequeath this to the church. So that the church can do the work of the missions. And it's not unusual. And it's not like you are exceptional because you are doing it. That's the godly way. Amen. You don't have to be 80 before you write a will. You can be 30 or 40. Once you start life, you can write a will anyway. Don't be afraid. God, are the days that we talk about you write a will, you die the next day. You won't die if you write a will. Many of us, we are. When you, you, you write a will, you save your family, people, and everybody else from Wahala. No trouble. Well, you die, everybody will know where they go. That's all. Amen. But if you die interstate, you create problems for everybody. So let's learn from this. We have so many lawyers in the church and outside. Go and find somebody to write a simple one for you. If you have even one car, write it. So that people don't die because of your car. <laughs> Amen. You don't have to be a millionaire before you write a will. So people died and gave. And it's in the scriptures. In the book of Acts, we are told that people gave. In Acts 25, there's a statement Jesus made there from 34 to 36. When they were saying, oh, when did we do good to you, oh Lord? When were we naked that you clothed us? Sorry, I said Matthew 25. When were we naked? When were we hungry? And, also, and so on and so forth. Were you hungry? Then he said, as you did it for each of these my children. You did it as to me. See, the gospel cannot go without people being wealthy to make it happen. Hallelujah. We are about to go to the north and other places this year. Every trip costs sometimes 40000 50000 If we are all very poor and all our offerings every month is 200 Ghana. Yesterday or so I heard about a pastor, a church whose whole monthly income, including the satellite churches in, in part of Ghana, is about 200 Ghana. You can't do 200 Ghana. So from my they have about six, five or six satellite churches. And when they all gather at the end of the month, it's not more than 200 Ghana. Many of us can just, from here, you go to buffet at La Palm. And that buffet is about 150 Ghana. Or if you go to Kempinski to be 250 thereabout. Omutu, the same ball of fufu, Omutu. <laughs> yes. And it's the same type of cooks. If the guy leaves Afrikiko today and he ends up at Kempinski, the same banku is making, which used to be 10 cities or 20 cities, it becomes 2,000 or 200 Ghana at Kempinski. And yet you will go and enjoy it. No, nothing. No qualms about that. We are right. We, we are freedom to do it. But when it comes to kingdom of God, you say, oh, this one. Every, I'm not the only one. We are a thousand members. After all, if, it's not one man show. One man can do it. One man can do it. Every car, let's put it together. Thousand. If we all put in hundred, hundred, it's okay. We will still get a thousand. No. I will share, share with you a few things which will help you to understand. So, number one, God makes us wealthy for the work of the missions. The Western missionaries could not have come from all those places if their missions were not well supported. Hallelujah. And even so, us as well. When we are wealthy, in a biblical way, we show forth God's glory. Why did the Queen of Sheba travel from Ethiopia all the way to see Solomon? The wisdom and the glory of his wealth. The way he had built, the cities he had built, the way he had ordered his house. It was an attraction to the queen of Sheba. In First Kings 10, you see. Why do we need people to be wealthy in the church? Look, many of the stress that people go through in fellowship will go down. Look at us. We are looking for places to host church in the home. Because some of the places, people, many people don't own their own house. 
Even in this our area that we are, we are very few landowners, house owners who are in the church. So even to get places to meet in cantonment, this cantonment is very difficult. Because we are not really, we are not wealthy enough. We are not wealthy enough. If we were wealthy enough, you would have more than 10, 20, 30 people with homes. Somebody can say, oh, we want, I'm willing, that's my house in East Cantonment. I want the church to use it as an office for missions. Or we are looking to buy a land in Lat town. We can't, it's, it's so difficult for the last 5 to 10 years. We want to expand our Papa church. It's not easy. Because we don't get land. But if we had, as I'm speaking now, even $500,000, I'm very sure by now we'd have bought a house at La, 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 and converted it into the, the branch. And when you go there, you see a Papa church. You see they are struggling. The fellowship is not going on the way they should. They are, with all their wonderful music, wonderful choir and all, they are not in a nice place. So God has to make his people wealthy so that the church can have better fellowship. When we are looking for places to host church in their home, people will say, ah, this one, no problem. You see, I'll tell you this. When we were hosting the Dr. David Yongicho many years ago, when I was General Secretary of the NAC, I was so challenged by what some of the brethren in Lighthouse did for Bishop Dag from far and near. The bills were piling up. And it was not easy. And the people said, no, Bishop, don't worry. Bishop, don't worry. We will take care. Do you know how much it costs to host somebody like Yongicho in those days? You have no idea. Even to fill the independent square, you are, when you see a crowd gather like what Bishop Ajansari did just recently, you have no idea the bill. The advertising cost alone. The, 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 the logistics. Sound alone. Sound. Just to put sound that is adequate for Independence Square. Years ago, it was like 40,000. Now I don't even know. If you want a good company, the new ones, every day new companies are coming and their bills are huge. Ten years ago, we didn't have upswing. We only had virtual new professionals and all. Now, new ones every year, new boys, they, they are coming with more sophisticated gadgets. I was watching the documentary of Bishop Dax Crusade in, um, in the South Africa. And I was surprised. You know, they have this convoy of Ghana, we say articulator truck. Eh? I, mean, I don't know how you call it in America. The trucks, the big trucks. 32 uh, wheeler. They had about 10 or more in the deserts of South Africa crossing into Zimbabwe and other places. And you see some of those trucks there, one of them when they open is a generator. It's a mobile generator. The other one they open is a TV studio. When they set, when the truck packs and they open and they, they, they touch this, touch this, touch this, touch this, then it becomes a TV studio. From there they can broadcast internet everywhere. Another one they open is the platform the preacher and the people You see the, the, the lights up there that you see, they are all in one car. You just have to do quick, 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 then the stage will form. The 100-seater stage is there. Carpet, everything inside. Then you see quick, 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 the pillars will stand. Quick, 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 the cover will come. When you see Good Friday service, that's how it's done. It's not done by the impact, let's pack. They don't do that. It's by people who understand that God has empowered his people. Hallelujah. And they have invested in this. I'm showing you an example how your money will be used for the expansion of the kingdom and for fellowship and to win souls. Hallelujah. And the scripture says, he that wins souls is wise. So you may not be the preacher, but you are also a wise person if you invest in preaching and winning souls. Say amen. I'm talking about the love of money. I haven't deviated at all. Amen. So when we become wealthy, it shows God's favor. We saw it in the life of Job. When we become wealthy by God's grace, through biblical means, it builds families and nations. Look at Solomon. 
When Solomon was born, he built cities. That's why in Ghana, every day our leaders are begging, 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 because we are not wealthy as a nation. In terms of physical, financial, and even sometimes collecting, even though we are wise men and knowledgeable people, collating the ideas into a strong force is the problem. Men and women who, make, who can combine good hearts with good mind is the problem. Those who have the mind, some of them are short of the heart. Those who have the heart, many are short of the, of the mind. Somehow. So they blend with the mind and the heart so that we can see increase. We have a problem. And we need to pray that God will help us. Say amen. God prospers his people to fulfill his covenant. I want to read this in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 and then Deuteronomy 9, 4 to 6. God prospers you and I. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Amen. That he may what? Oh no, I'm not hearing you. Say it again. That he may do what? Which he saw to your fathers as it is day, this day. God, when he met Abraham, told him, I will bless you, I will bless your children and your children's children. Now, we are the descendants of Abraham. Hallelujah. God is obliged to establish that same promise with us today. Amen. So, because of that, if we are blessed, if we are wealthy, if we are wealthy in wisdom, in knowledge, in understanding, in physical wealth, in buildings, in all of this, it's part of the fulfillment of God's own promise. Hallelujah. And because of that, when we become wealthy we should know that there is a commitment to that wealth. God bless Abraham according to Genesis 12 and verse 2. Say, bless those who bless you and I'll bless you and bless your, that you will become a blessing. God, that is the part of the covenant. That covenant is that I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Because God cannot trust the wicked with his wealth. He know, they, they, are, they don't have a covenant with him. It is the righteous that he has a covenant with. Say amen. So when you are the righteous man, is blessed of God. The righteous woman, you are blessed of God. You can pass it on. When you have knowledge, you have wisdom. When you have money, you are built. You can make it accessible to the righteous people. The wicked people that own things in this land, when they have power, when they have their authority, when they have favor, they don't use it to bless Christian people. There are many organizations, when you write to them and say, oh, church wants to go go to crusade, we don't do religious stuff. Because they don't have a covenant with God. They have covenants with deities of all kinds. If Miss Ghana people come and say, give us 10 million, they will give them. When they used to do the embassy double do, 555, five, five, embassy. Ghana's best dancer. Ajete Soa and all those people. And people, they were willing to pay any money. Double do. And they will hire any hall. But go and tell the, any of those companies that you want them to pay for you to have a hall for a crusade. They won't do it. Because they have no covenant with God. But you and I have a covenant with God. Say Amen. It also is for worship. When God blesses his people, he's provoking them and reminding his people that, hey, worship me. Look at Solomon when he was blessing the Lord. Look at the sacrifice. The Bible says, when he became, if, if he wasn't wealthy, how could he have slain a thousand sheep and all of that? And when he finished slaying, the Bible said, the room, the, the, the place where they were, the glory of God filled it, that the priest could not stand to minister. Say Amen. The room was the, the temple was filled with the glory of God. Then people began to worship God for the sun, for the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. They didn't build that gold plated altar with straw. They built it with money. Ega. Chica. Kuti. They did it. Ask 
God had blessed them, so they gave it back because they understood that God wanted it for his own. He to see that empowered them. Say amen. Like I said, because many of us are, like I, if, let me give you another example. See, when we are poor, many quarrels in families, it's because of money. Chop money, it doesn't give you, when you go to Waju, uh, 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 Dosu, and you go to the other one, uh, uh, the law, the law, the, the one that if you, are, you can't pay your law, legal fees you go to. Legal aid. All the issues are about, most of it is about money. He doesn't take care of the children. It can be for anyone. It can be for anyone. Maybe two years ago, you were a mole, you were a fayala, a lawyer, a fayako, a fayadori. This is what's going on. The guy didn't take care of his children. He ran away for two years. The wife uh, tracked him to an outdooring. He's naming another child. So he got the police. And they, they, they got the guy, came, my friend, come and pay your bills. And it's going on all over the place. But if the money is there, if even the woman herself was independent, she wouldn't even need a guy. But because she's not wealthy, she's not blessed, she's not having anything, she needs to chase this guy. Amen. Now, because of this behavior, you have pastors, Christians, misusing God's wealth. Many of us are, are very skeptical of wealthy people. Even in church, people look at people, hmm, Every, some people think that every wealthy person is bad. Every person who is rich is a thief. And even in this country, years ago, there was that psychology, that psyche. People thought that everybody who had made money, if you live at airport, Roman rage, cantonment, you are a bad person, you are a thief. Because we all don't have more than one WC in our house. How can you have three, four, five? We all have just one bicycle or motor. You alone you have ten cars. We don't understand it. So we don't go sit down. Make that cheat every day. So people were in the streets and doing all kinds of things. And the, the, instead of the preaching time, I remember that they used to have time that every morning, Osofu Konfu Damwa would come and preach about, you know, socialism, wild, wild, extreme things. Bordering and the faith also, people can practice what we call asceticism. Don't worry about it. Don't write it. If you can't spell it, leave it. Where people feel that pain is godliness. Suffering, like, the, you know, most of the monks, the Catholic monks and all of that, that's one of the things that brought about monasticism. People living in monasteries. That if we can stay away from the worldly pleasures and go and live out of in the bush, we will be, we will be safe. Temptations will not come to us. But we know that there is a, a lot more going on underground. When you go to Latin America, there are monasteries that people have found out skeletons, babies. Skeletons of babies due to abortion and things like that all over, even in Europe. So it's not always true that once you stay physically away, it's out of sight. Out of sight, it's not true. So asceticism, where people say, if I'm poor, then I glorify God. It's another extreme way of looking at it. When you are rich, because of rich people abusing poor people, many times people don't talk about riches in, in church or among Christians. Because there are fraudulent people. There are wagadri people. people they, they tell you, look to the left, and if you don't look to the right, you are in trouble. Because many rich people can be proud. Many of us don't want to have anything to do with them. Because Jesus warned us against covetousness. In Luke 21, verse 34, it says, Be careful of covetousness. In the same Luke 12, verse 15, Be careful of covetousness. And he said that a man's life does not consist in abundance of things he has. It's true that sometimes when we are wealthy, not only financially, even when we are healthy, like when you marry, and you maybe or you, 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 people who are, who are blessed with children, which is also another form of wealth because the scripture says they are arrows into us and they are blessings. Sometimes people can feel proud. And because of that, people don't want to have anything to do with that. Anything that you have, Paul said to us in Corinthians, he said, what is it that you have? First Corinthians 4, 7. What that you have, that was not given to you. 
There is a temptation to feel so proud and to look down on others because we, we have this and they don't have that. We have that and they don't have this. We have a house and they don't have a house. We have a car. We have a husband. They don't have a husband. We have a wife. They don't have. We have a child. They don't have. We have this and they don't have. We are wealthy in wisdom. We have been to school. We have a degree and they don't have. We have traveled and they haven't. They have, we, we have connections and they don't have it. Our party is in power and they don't have, their party is not in power. So all of these kinds of wealth make people very arrogant. And sometimes, if you are not careful, that same thing, which can be a blessing, we can be, it can be a curse to us. Today, God is calling us to come to a point of understanding. Say amen. How do I help us all to understand? If we don't want all these things to be, to us to follow these negative traits. Number one, acknowledge the source. Be it wisdom, understanding, favor, property, connections. Acknowledge the source. We read from Deuteronomy 8.18. Acknowledge the source. Like I just said to you, Paul said, what is it that you have that was not given to you? Everything that I have if I can stand here to preach and for you to understand me and to make sense, God's grace. I don't think I'm the best qualified person. And it's not about you can talk. It's not about talking. Because there are many people who are better orators, who can speak better, but they don't talk God. They don't talk Jesus. They don't talk about the word of God. Hallelujah. They are not even speaking in church. So it's not about that. So if I can share with you, I count it a privilege. There are many of you who could do better than all of us here put together. But maybe your time hasn't come. Your season hasn't come. Maybe our season has come. My season has come. That doesn't make me any better. Hallelujah. I have to acknowledge the source. Number two. Prioritize the use. Prioritize. When I say prioritize, I'm talking about the Father. You see, even though there's always something better than what you have. That's why in Proverbs 22 verse 1, say a good name is better than riches. It means that prioritize a good name to riches. Don't make riches in terms of money and all of the main thing. I have a house. I want a job. I want a business. I want my business to grow. And the workers are worrying me. And I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll, I'll, no. So a good name is better than riches. So I'll, I'll, if I have a little riches that I'm proud of, I'll, I shouldn't be proud. I should begin to look for a good name. And good name doesn't come by buying certificate or on, go, paying universities or paying authorities to honor you. Order of the vote, order of this, order of that. Uh, professor, doctor, so so and so, and put more credentials. Or Nana, so so and so, chief engineer, professor, so so and so. That's not what we're talking about when it's a good name. Good reputation. That when they make, mention your name in corridors of power, in the low and the high places, it resonates a certain virtue, character. When they are looking for people that are, have a substance, they say, ask for this, Daniel. As for this Daniel, as for this Daniel, that's a good name. We can't get him by any means. Prioritize the name. Wisdom, the Bible says, better than silver and gold. It's a good priority. There are many people who may be rich. God graciously has given you. But many are not wise. Not wise because they don't even use it to win souls. Directly or indirectly. They are not wise because they pride themselves. They are not wise because they, 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 the Bible says, and they comparing themselves to themselves were not wise. They are always competing. They see, who, who has the next biggest house? No, if he has built that 10 bedroom house, I'll build a 20 bedroom house. And if he has built this, bought this car, the latest so and so and so, I'll make sure that I have this one which is smashing. The color, when it comes, I remember in those days when the Citroen landed, Radiant Tree, they arrive and, you know, the, the, the car will, will go down. 
Then when it's about to take off, it will come. We, all the children will go and stand by it and we're very happy. See, this man is a rich man. He has a citron. And the citron, it can just die down. We didn't know it. It's what look, now as I grew up, it looks so ugly. I wonder why we admire the citron. I don't know how many of you remember that. Dr. The late Shono, Olabam, they used to have citron. And some other people, they used to have citron. And we were so proud of citron. And you see someone with the Jaguar. Like my friend used to say, I'm in Arizona. She made that. Amen. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. Proverbs 8. But most importantly, eternal life. We cannot have money and lose our soul. For the scripture said, For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? It means no matter how wealthy, if you, can, you are bigger than Bill Gates, in terms of companies, buildings, positions, and you lose your soul. It is every day we must always be measuring, is my soul intact? When we wake up in the morning, am I still on, on course? Am I still, Christ, do I feel the presence of the Holy Ghost? Is Christ, am I still on my heavenward journey? That is why any time you feel you are, you are deviating, Charlie, you say, Lord, have mercy on me. Restore unto me, O Lord, the joy of my salvation. Let's not take it for granted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation. This, um, um, uh, uh, this man said, Peter said, 1 Peter 1, verse 18 and 19. 1 Peter 1, 18 19. Knowing that you were redeemed, not with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. I challenge you this afternoon. If you have not, you are well to do, you are, you are, you are healthy, you are, you are accepted by all men, all things seem to be working for you, your family life seems to be rosy, you are prospering, and you don't have the precious blood washing you, I challenge you to come to the blood. Say amen. As we pray in a short while, you're going to make a commitment. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to have your precious blood. All that I have is but nothing except I enjoy of your precious blood. Say amen. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, verse 19 to 21, he said that, Lay not yourselves treasures here on earth, where moths can eat and destroy, but lay up treasures in heaven. It, it, it means that the comparison, that even if, if you are wealthy here, decide that I want eternal life. I want treasures in heaven. And it's important. I want God to remember me. I want God to build for me a mansion. Beloved, what is the purpose of God's wealth in my life? Every wealth God gives to you and I is for a purpose. Wisdom, connections, influence, name, whatever, is for a purpose. Why has God placed me? For the scripture said, Esther's uncle said to him, to her, don't you know that the Lord has put you here for such a time as this. Everybody must know that any opportunity God has given you and I is for a specific assignment. May God help us and open our eyes to see who is next to be blessed. The Bible said in the book of Samuel, 2 Samuel, David, after he was settled, after God gave him rest on all sides, I'm finished with this, I will pray. He said, who is there? In the house of Saul that I may bless. Who else is there that I may share God's wealth of peace? God's wealth of authority. Because even when God puts you in a position of authority, it's a blessing. Because he said, he brings kings down and mounts kings up. Hallelujah. What are you doing with what God has given to you? This afternoon, as we bow our heads in prayer for a minute, think about this. The love of money. Don't love the position too much. Don't love the authority too much. Don't love the favor too much. Don't love, let the love of God supersede any love in our hearts. Say, Lord, 
I'm not going to allow anything to outbeat you, to outsmart you. I want all my aim, all my fame, all my wealth is vain without you, Lord. You say, Lord Jesus, accept, I, I, I give myself to you wholly now. In the name of Jesus. I hear that you are the one who has life. It's you that has the words of eternal life. I come to you. You may be a believer, but you will see that the way your life is going, all your time is being spent on vain things. If you look at your past week, the things you've used your time for, the people that take your time are all about things. My shop, my business, my friend, my husband, my wife, my days. It's all about me, 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 me. We are talking about what God's assignment is, the we factor and the kingdom factor. God, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Take my life and let it be consecrated to you. May we play the song for them, for us all? Take my life and let it be consecrated to you. All my days I give to thee To love you, Lord, is the great command Lord, I want to love you more Fall in love with you so deep Lord, show me how to Don't want to stop without loving you. Oh. If any man really loves me, he will keep my commandments. Lord, I am meditating on your word so I can love you more. Lord, please help me. Keep your commandments. What have you told me that I'm not doing? Where have you sent me that I'm not going? Am I holding back? I want to sacrifice all for you. Loving you with all of my heart. So take my life. Show me how to love you more. I don't want to serve without loving you. Oh, God, thank you for loving me first. And also for choosing me first. I want to love you back you love me first. I want to be just like Jesus. He will love the Father's soul. I know that I have not seen them. Ears have not heard. Things that God has prepared for So take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. All my days I give to thee. To love you, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love you more. Fall in love with you so deeply. Lord, show me how to love you more. I don't want to serve without loving you. I'm getting closer to you. And I will keep loving you until the end. One day I'll be called a friend of God. Take my life and let it be.
dedicated, Lord, to Thee. All my days I give to Thee. To love You, Lord, is the great command. Lord, I want to love You more. Fall in love with You so deep. Lord, show me how to. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We will have a remembrance service.